Last time on Radioactive Spider Pod. So when did Jameson have a son? <laughs> yeah. Where'd that fucking come from? You blasted it into his mom, and now he's blasting into space. Way to do. Check your O-rings, kids. With explosive results. Only problem being, there's a lot of crotch shots. That's the only problem for you. Rich, thick, and creamy. They're all super excited about this Prometheum X thing being the most powerful nuclear fuel in the world. And so they're just handling it like a bar of soap. We failed to mention that now there's a million dollar reward on Spider-Man's head. I'm offering a million dollars. A million dollar bonus? It's a million dollar bonus. I've developed a lot more than a backbone. And then Felicia's like, no, 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 pay attention to me, boys. Don't have a moment together. I'm going to have to start buying my own coffee. But I want my control rod. Especially enhanced control rods. This Peter works out pretty often. I'm still not ripped. Well, <laughs> not Spider-Man ripped. I gotta polish my horn. You know, like that, but better. Welcome to Radioactive spider Pot, where the wisdom is homespun and the webs are handspun. I'm your host... Uh, the knowledgeable Kevin McAvoy. With me as always, my symbiotes and co-hosts, the vicious, or viscous, Vero Taylor. We are very happy to be here, Kevin. And the pugnacious Peter Iskander. I enjoyed this intro. <laughs> Did I get the name right that time, though? <laughs> yes, Peter. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. Did you say Iskandar? Uh, I didn't say Iskandar. Uh, I tried. I tried. <laughs> So uh, we're coming back. Uh, this is the second part of a two-part episode, uh, the Alien Costume Saga. Uh, I was thinking about it because it's the first true multi-part episode because the first one that we had was really more of an episode and then a sequel, but this is really one story, one continuous story here. One other interesting note uh, is that the previous episode was written by Stan Lee. This one is not. Uh, we're back to the episode being written by Semper Senpai and one uh, Bryn Stevens. And it's kind of an interesting note because I was trying to do some background on this. Uh, Stevens, who now goes by Bryn Chandler, uh, did a lot of work writing and story editing in the 80s and 90s on all kinds of nostalgic stuff. She did He-Man, She-Ra, My Little Pony, Ninja Turtles, Conan, Gargoyles, and the 90s Batman animated series. So she's basically shaped a lot of childhoods when it comes to cartoons. Uh, I tried to send her a Facebook message and also got nothing back so we're we're batting 100 here <laughs> or a thousand i don't i don't play baseball did they leave you on red uh yeah this one was oh yeah i know <laughs> but now we have uh we'll have semper senpai and steven senpai so we got that going for us well just did you offer them a gift card to sizzler <laughs> uh honestly did you tell them we have a dozen fans uh, I wouldn't call them fans. I would call them well-wishers. I also wouldn't call them a dozen. <laughs> One of them is just me eight times <laughs> trying to make Peter feel not so bad about our numbers. I think I just hit download a bunch of times. I've got like yeah. three work computers. I just download them from each one. So <laughs> different IP addresses. <laughs> It's not like I'm constantly going and refreshing the stats page. <laughs> Who does that? That's <laughs> a fucking nerd, that's for sure. Uh, well, if you do want to get in contact with us, uh, and I'm sure God you knows do, why. <laughs> uh, Peter, how can they do that? 
Well, you can contact us on uh, the Facebook there um, at Radioactive Spider Pod. You can contact us on Instagram again at Radioactive Spider Pod. You can uh, have a conversation with us on Twitter, which is at RA Spider Pod. Um, and of course, we have a website, which is RadioactiveSpiderPod.com, where you can get uh, all the information you need about Radioactive Spider Pod. Too much information, really. Yep. All right. Well, that's enough of this horse shit. I want to get back into this episode, get back into the story. So go swaddle yourself in yellow quilt and cozy up to some black goo because we're doing episode nine, The Alien Costume, part two. This episode first aired May 6th of 1995 and is further based on the web of Spider-Man number one. We start in a hurry with Spider-Man using his big boy voice, ranting about the price on his head while fleeing the cops. He runs into a gang of mercenaries who nearly take him down with a sonic blaster, only escaping thanks to his new suit and some destruction of public property. Uh, I love the, uh, the angry Spider-Man voice. Uh, it gets more aggressive throughout the episode, and yeah. I think that it probably was a lot of fun to do the voiceover for this. Because you can just picture him, like, screaming and just, like, really going into the, like, overreacty, dramatized sort of bits. I don't know. I think it would have been a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. He builds himself up to a fever pitch uh, near the climax of this episode. And, like, it's some fantastic work later on. We'll talk about it then. But, yeah, he's already just kind of evil and loving it. I find it kind of weird that the cops are chasing him just to make money. I posited to make sure they are police helicopters. It says NYPD on them, and they are chasing after him en masse. There's at least six or seven of these things flying around the city trying to get $1 million reward on Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure they're burning that in uh, helicopter fuel pretty quickly. You know, I'm just yeah. I'm picturing them like all hitting silence on their radio, and it's just like we've got a break in. Kurt, like just <laughs> yeah. la 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 la. Can't hear you. La 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 la. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he calls them yahoos. He's like you, <laughs> yahoos can't figure. Ah, fuck it. I don't know any. Just drop put the drop in there. But it's so weird. Don't you yahoos get it? The black Spider-Man is unbeatable. Now he also starts like webbing out the back of his hand. Does that mean he's still using his web shooters, or does the symbiote make its own web? Because... Symbiote makes its own web, man. But the web isn't black. You, they specifically animate a white patch in the back of the suit, right? And the webbing looks like his webbing. But how does that work? Yeah, the symbiote figured it out. It realized it's his needs, and it's adapted to that. I actually thought um, what I think it is is so the symbiote can basically read his mind like it kind of knows what he knows right so yeah it, it knows everything yeah, so knows. it probably just kind of got the recipe for web fluid from him i think it just makes web um i want to talk about these mercenaries for a second sure. actually because yeah he go the cops are chasing him and then he runs into a, a gang of mercenaries who all have southern accents for, for some, some reason. reason yep this is weird oh it's yeah. generic army voice 101 yep. yeah uh they, he calls them a bunch of yahoos, but they have the weirdest assortment of weapons. <laughs> the one guy's got, like, a missile launcher. They have their sonic blaster. Should I try the sonic blaster? Which they even think is stupid to be carrying <laughs> around. Yeah. The way he phrases it. 
Like, ah, fuck it, I don't know, use a sonic blaster. We've tried everything else! Yep. And then they have a flamethrower that they're just lighting buildings on fire in downtown Manhattan. <laughs> Is that... Like, that's not okay. It's a million dollars doesn't go that far if you burn a building down. <laughs> well, they don't have to pay for it. I think they do. <laughs> There's cops everywhere. They're going to take the money and then they're going to run. Go on, take the money and run. Also, they're kind yeah, of all just enough. like, I'm just looking at it right now. They're all just kind of dressed up like low budget G.I. Joe's. <laughs> yeah like there's oh, the guy with sure. the beret the there's beret. the guy with yeah. the with the pilot's helmet and, <laughs> and they're all different the colors the goggles for no reason yeah. or like yeah the pilot helmet goggles it's like the animators were like okay we can't use guns mm-hmm. what do we use uh flamethrowers <laughs> A flamethrower? Yeah, you know what? You're probably right. It is like a bunch of guns. The guy's got a net gun. That's That makes sense to me. They're trying to catch him alive. Yeah. Ideally. Well, did and he... then he does the big the big web, which that's the bit. Did Jameson's um, ransom say dead or alive? Uh, I think it does say dead or alive or, or something to that effect. I don't think it matters. I always like sound waves like that. I As a kid, I always was like, is that real? How sound <laughs> wave looks? I, no, well, that too, but, like, is there actually <laughs> guns that do that? Uh, well, the, the army has one that's, uh, they built onto the back of a, it, like, it has to be mounted on the back of a, a jeep or something. Oh, yeah, but I know what you're talking about. It, it, it's used to disperse crowds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I do know that. Yeah. Doesn't it make you sick? Yeah. Uh, that's a different one, I think, but there's, that's there's, a, couple di- there's a couple different kinds, <laughs> I think. No, they have a, they have a bunch of different kinds now. They have all kinds of hmm. crazy shit. Is one of them the brown noise? Yeah, man. Yeah, one of them is the brown note. Stuff. Yep, butt stuff. <laughs> the brown note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the way Spider Man says bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> but it's um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. The I really like the symbiote going and acting on its own, and then um, I just for some reason you don't know what it is. It's true. Yeah, it's you don't. Yeah, I guess you, don't you, don't, you kind of don't yeah. know what it is. But I also thought it was uh, it was pretty awesome when he just like yells at them and he's just like, and you've got battery packs that blow up when they get wet. Your suits have battery packs that blow up if they get wet. <laughs> yeah, that cruise control right, line that he yells at him while he's doing uh-huh. that. Uh, I don't know why, but that stuck with me so hard. No, yeah, the cru- my suit has cruise control. Yep. I don't know why. I, I remembered that so vividly. Yep, and the whole battery packs that blow up when they get wet, I remember that too. Like, I don't know. Because you're expecting yeah. a really, like, you're expecting a classic Spidey quip, and it's not at all. Like, it's yeah. it's like a failure because it's so much more aggressive. Like, yeah. you, normally he's like, haha, you guys don't know what you're doing. This is him like, yeah, you guys are fucking dead. Like, yeah, that's you a good know? point. He's very stripped down. And I think you see more of that later. And to Peter's point as well, the point about how the suit is acting on its own it's a really good way of sliding it in there i didn't even really think about it but now there's precedent that the suit can act on its own when it chooses to or feels it needs to right and that comes back into play later as we'll see yeah for sure it's interesting also um that a piece of it chose to like fall off to clog the gun like are they dead now are yeah. those cells gonna replicate? Go become another symbiote? Le- like left the boys behind. Now, yeah, we will never forget those yeah. five cells. Yep. Never forget the six Pete's or whatever. Pete's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I pick Pete's. The six Steves. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like 
they're a community and they sort of half of them were like or a small portion of them were like for the greater good yeah yeah i don't know it also uh is an innocuous way because they've used sound blasts before and it's kind of an innocuous way of introducing the weakness spoiler of the symbiote yeah because in, this isn't the first time he's ever encountered this kind of weapon so this time he's like why am i like ah you know right yeah absolutely for some reason in this episode like this new edgy spider-man loves to fucking do the splits every time he web swings he web slings <laughs> yeah it's great he's <laughs> just fucking just letting them all hang out and just maybe uh maybe he's... a symbiote sticks to your balls you know? <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh well we'll, we'll, go, we'll get to that later there's little, jesus there's a little bs there's just it's just really hot there yeah. Oh my God. Well, we talked about uh, where you know is it evenly spread out over his whole body? Maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Does it? If it's a lady, does it go up the vagina? I mean, probably. Is it like she's wearing a female condom? But it like, rides up. Obsibient? She's got to pick yeah. a wedge every you oh know, my God. twenty to thirty minutes. You got to get in. There, <laughs> oh boy. I like that it knows to camouflage the junk. Like, it's all one piece instead of, like, binding to the penis and then the balls separately. Because <laughs> oh could you imagine? Yeah, you're right. It, it just kind of glosses over it. Yeah, it's I just like, so. Kendall, like, it could have just gone. If it fills every nook, it's doing his fingers. Like. Yeah, but it knows everything in his mind. So in his mind, in his heart of hearts, uh, it, it knows exactly how to pad in just the right way for him. But I think it added a few inches. Jameson and Brock are breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back about fucking over Spider-Man, who pops in to threaten them and sow the seeds of doubt. Only Jameson's secret goon alarm stops Spidey from doing something he regrets, so he vows to get help. Um, I guess this is the next morning? Nah, he goes straight there. No, sorry, the episode starts the next mo- the morning after? I took you would think he- a couple of days later. Because hmm, I would have gone to Jameson like ASAP. But why? Why did he go to Jameson right away? Oh, because he, he knew that there was he's a all ransom. jacked up now. Yeah. He's all mad and he's going to go threaten. No, because, yeah, but he, plus he knew there was the million dollar bonus. It's a million dollar bonus. Yeah, like I thought he would have gone immediately the morning after he fought the rhino. Maybe. Like, are they being dispatched that fast or? I mean, it could be, but uh, I just took it as I don't think it necessarily matters. Hmm. I guess the argument also could be made like he finally got hurt this time and he was like, this got to fucking stop. Right. And so that's why he's mad. And he's like, now I'm going to go to yeah. Jameson. Or he's just so like, he the symbiote's gone to his head a little bit. He was just in a fight. He's all jacked up, you know? <laughs> Is he, gonna... Does he have a rage boner? <laughs> he's coming in fully torqued. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. Eddie Brock is back, though. Eddie Brock. Like, it's been a bit. It's been a while since we've seen him. Oh, he was in the last episode. Of like, uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just, it's now more consistent, Brock. We had a big Brock vacation, and now he's back. Yeah, look, I love to rock a Brock like anybody mm-hmm. else, but. Naturally. You know, this is, he's a big part of this. I told you I could do the job, JJ. Uh, I like that yeah. when he shows up, Jameson presses his panic button, and the cops show up in about 20 seconds. I'm not sure if they're cops or goon squad. We were kind of debating that while we are watching it, but either way, 20 seconds is pretty damn fast. Well, they're paid for that. 
goons. Oh? Hired goons. Hired goons. You also, you missed the best line delivery in the whole episode. A rhino. <laughs> a rhino. Yeah, when he makes reference to the rhino, <laughs> Jameson is so skeptical about it. <laughs> this is like guy in octopus suit again. Like that yeah. police officer. He just doesn't believe uh, it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Four metallic arms. <laughs> a rhino. A rhino. Actually, Jameson makes three references to uh, Peter's suit in a very short scene. Like, these scenes are really fast in this episode, as it is. And in about, you know, 40, 45 seconds, he makes a reference to the fact that he's wearing a new suit three times. (laughs) I'll let you cut that in there. Think you can hide in some cockamamie new costume? I think that new suit's cutting off the oxygen to your brain. As bad as he was before, and that suit is even worse. Because he literally does. But we get it. It's a new suit. Everyone just <laughs> so Christ. everyone just keeps staring at his uh, codpiece. <laughs> yeah, maybe Jameson was in the middle of editing like the fashion page, and he's just focused right now on the you know the Milan line or something. Yeah. He's like, my God, that new suit though. It's so beautiful. It's like he's wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Spider-Man. God, Black is slimming. It's just so contoured. Got... It's, I, yeah, I, I, they make extra effort to really contour the suit. Mm-hmm. I think because it's black, they have to really shade it to yeah. make him not look flat. But like, <laughs> his butt is <laughs> unreal in this episode. That kind of butt you got. Yeah, man. come on. Oh. Oh, I the yeah the the scene. No, I, I'll, I'll talk about it later. The way he exits the scene yeah. uh, when the cops show up or the goons show up, whatever they are, it doesn't matter. Uh, is so jarring in a way. It feels like they didn't properly take the time to animate it because he whips the desk as Peter was talking about it while we we're watching it. Yeah. He just throws his desk at them. It, it lands on a bizarre angle. Yep. It's nowhere near the cops, but they flip out. And then he peels out to jump out the window. And you can hear them shooting their, I guess they were laser pistols, which is fine. You know, they, they do that in a show. But you keep hearing that laser beam sound. But there's no laser beam shots right. being put into the scene. So it, it's... It's kind of weird. And you even hear it as he's swinging away, but it's not like they're narrowly missing him like stormtroopers or something. Right. This is it, it, it just kind of left to say, all right, I guess we're done here. It's such a weird angle that he goes and throws the desk at. Like he goes and throws the desk at like what you, what it appears to be like directly at the hired goons. Hired goons. But when it lands in front of them, for some reason it lands in front of them, it's like it just came out from like the top of the room and landed in front of them. I'm like, what the hell is the arc that he threw that thing at to land? Maybe it turned out to be a little heavier than yeah. he thought it was. And it, but it's like, it's like he kind of like did like a fucking pop fly kind of thing and landed right in front of him. Like it should have been thrown horizontally at them in order to like knock them all down like bowling pins, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a big, you know, he like misjudged it's super it. heavy yep. or it's got some hidden compartments in it. Like, you know, <laughs> so when people come in. Maybe maze under the desk and a little secret. <laughs> no, box it's flush with photos up. of Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> to the absolute brim. <laughs> Jameson is just aching to get angles of Spider-Man in his new costume. 
you know, yeah. he's like, where's Peter? I want shots of new black Spider-Man. <laughs> Maybe his desk is just full of hundreds and hundreds of framed photos that he puts in and out and puts them on his desk when it's appropriate to the scene <laughs> because his wife's photo was on there and then that went away and now his son's photo was on there when his son yep. was having his uh, space mission. So, you know, he's got photos of him with every major villain or any scenario so he could always just put it on the desk, pick it up and look at it wistfully. I mean, it just keeps happening to him so I don't see why not. So while this is going on, some of the goons are getting a science lesson at Kingpin HQ, or KPHQ. While Smythe is demonstrating the power of Prometheum X, we learn that it's only dangerous when heated, but there is still enough to destroy the whole planet. Alistair Smythe is back. Hey, everyone's... Crazy as ever. Yep. Everyone's second favorite odd couple. New wheel, a new hover chair, same haircut. That's right. It's the power flow. (laughs) I love the arms on this hover chair like it's just these they look so like just stuck on mm-hmm. yes yeah, <laughs> robot nipple clamps yeah <laughs> well he put the upgrades in there absolutely i give that guy credit the the what's his face the um the goon he's like hey shouldn't we be wearing safety equipment mm-hmm. shouldn't we be wearing protective gear that's public school education kids yep he did it well, I know. Yeah, I, I do like that they kind of explained why uh, we didn't get aggressive cancer <laughs> in all of our major villains. A Prometheum X doesn't radiate until it's heated. Uh, because they were <laughs> fucking around. So we got it through with... the TV. <laughs> yeah, because of their nuclear space rock that they were just fucking around with last episode. Yeah. So, you know, good work, writing team. Yep, that's the best thing about uh, Spider-Man. It's uh, fun and educational. That's right. Mm-hmm. Actually... Speaking of that, with the control rod thing, I guess the Rhino just stole the control rods anyway after Spider-Man left last episode. Like He yeah, I guess... chose not to crush him yeah. and then fucked off because he was having his weird flashback stuff. Yeah. And then Rhino was just lying there. Like, how long do you think he's lying there? Like, can I go? <laughs> and he goes, I guess I'll take these with me. He just picks up the control rods and walks away. I guess so, yeah. He's like, well... See ya. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's, we're doing tests now. It's all good. That's over. With, <laughs> Worked I out guess. for old Rhino. Back to Jersey. I gotta polish my horn. <laughs> um, I do. I do enjoy the uh, segue where Kingpin is just like, I only handle the best. And I underline that too. He's so fucking yeah. proud of himself. <laughs> you didn't do anything. Only. The- because the guy's just like so, yeah, he's so floored. Mm-hmm. Wow, all oh, this could blow up the planet. I only handle the best. I only handle the best. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah. Uh-huh. Think, looking at it right now, the king, kingpin is drawn obnoxiously large next to them. Like, yeah, he's always He huge, takes up man. literally half the frame. Peter, that's because he's the kingpin. <laughs> Spider-Man heads to ESU to get a physical from Dr. Kirk Connors. They discover that the suit is alive, a symbiote that bonds with its host and may even take over. Connors tells Spidey to get rid of it, but he's not his real dad. Uh, I'm surprised at how surprised and scared Connors is. Yeah, when Spider-Man shows up, he cowers real hard. Yeah, that was surprising. Oh no, they'll cut my funding. 
If I'm seen with a criminal, is probably what he's thinking. But also, Doc Connors <laughs> is back. Like they're bringing back so many characters in this episode. Well, that's good. No, it's 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 cool how like all the previous things are accumulating to I guess which is like the biggest episode of the season, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, it's kind of funny because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the last time we had to deal with Stillwell, kind of Kurt Connors light. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Although we. He's not only does he cower from Spider-Man, he's almost immediately a huge dick to him. Tell me why I shouldn't call campus security. And then Spidey slaps that shit down so hard (laughs) with a I saved you when you were a criminal lizard monster card. I helped you once when you were desperate. I could have turned you in, but I didn't. Like That's a good card to have in your back pocket. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't judge you then. I rooted for you, (laughs) sir. Yeah. Monsters who live in glass houses <laughs> shouldn't throw Egyptian pillars. Wow. I don't know. So Spider-Man asks Doc Connors to take a sample of the symbiote if he can. And so Doc Connors goes and tries to cut off a piece, but, it kept, but the symbiote cowers away. And then Spider-Man pulls out a piece and he's able to cut it off. And then Kirk Connors has the fucking symbiote in his bare hands shouldn't it have bonded to him? No, I think it's got to have, you know, over a certain amount. I don't know, man. I think of it as, um, shit, what's the expression in in, uh, health and, and, uh, Vero, you would know this. Like you need, you know how you need to get a certain amount of a virus or or a bacteria in order to actually get sick? The load, if you will. Yes, uh, the like, uh, it's like the something of infectivity. The yeah, there's an actual term for it, which if we were just a little smarter, I would know. But I'm not. So the point is, I think you need a certain amount of this uh, thing in order for it to actually be able to bond to you. Like maybe it's a greater than fifty percent of its total mass. The kind multiplicity of, thing. of infection. Yeah, because I can definitely remember later on in the series when they say it's going to reproduce, and that's when you get carnage. Oh yeah, can't wait. I definitely yeah. I don't think I, I in thinking of it now. At the time, I was like, why doesn't it just take him over and he becomes like the lizard, but as Venom, which like which would been awesome. Come on, which Ooh, we all want to see. Yep. That would be so cool. Um, because it obviously like still dormant inside of him, right? And if it makes him the ultimate, like that would have been sick. But I think it's yeah, it's too it physically. Even if it doubles, like let's argue when it hits something, it. Um, multiplies to cover it, it there's not enough of it but it's weird that it doesn't even try like it would have been scary if even connor's was like can you help me get it off my hand i don't have another hand yeah. like <laughs> i don't have you see it like <laughs> yeah, hold on let me uh, drink if it, this if it did uh... bond with connor's it would just make him his jerking arm and he would just never see him again <laughs> <laughs> that was it that was that's all it is oh it's just God. a jerking arm did you also appreciate his old timey movie projector that he wheels out on the cart oh, because course. i guess it's he's a substitute teacher of course Listen, <laughs> sometimes you still use acetates. Oh, my gosh. Just copy down this. Uh... How did he have time to, to cut an acetate film? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like, like just a, write down all this you know information on this slide in your notebook, even though I can just print you off all copies. It would have been funnier if you used one of those, like, 
like that was oh, what it was. Yeah, like, the, like one of those projectors. Yeah, like a like, slide projector. <laughs> instead of the fucking film. <laughs> yeah, really. So one thing that happens is they go and show the passage of time, and they show a clock, which I'm pretty sure stays at the same time. But um, so Kevin, how much time passed in this uh, this scene here? <laughs> you know what? I did go back and look, but I I couldn't get a good enough look at the clock in order to necessarily figure it out so i, I was gonna just let that one slide <laughs> right but they go and just like show the clock and it's not, it doesn't well, enough change time to, to enough time for him to produce edit and <laughs> uh <laughs> cut a, a an actual film print movie i guess <laughs> so i'm going with like six to eight months so this is magnum opus <laughs> Yeah, you know, he had to get some funding. He, you know, he ran it through, you know, the film festival circuit. You know, he did TIFF. He did Cannes, you know. All right. As Spider-Man books it, like, Connors tells him to get rid of the suit. And as Spider-Man's running away, as he's swinging out the window, he yells back, I can't. I need it. I need it. Yep. And you're like, okay. And then, Wait a minute. Why does he need it? I don't know, man. He likes the feeling of raw power between his legs. <laughs> I think fair. that is basically, yeah, exactly what Peter said. Like, I think he he's addicted to it right yeah. now. I know, because he says, I can't, not yet. I need it. I think either the, I mean, either the symbiote's fucking with his mind, which I guess we know it is. So that's, that's one thing. But they didn't really seem to remember to set up a reason why he definitely needs the suit in order to accomplish a goal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't fought somebody that he barely won because the symbiote helped. True. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think he should be able to beat Shocker without the yeah. suit. He hasn't even met Shocker yet. No, I know, but I'm saying in the context of this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would have uh, webbed don't... up Shocker. It would have been oh, It's easy. He just webs <laughs> yeah. all of them up. That's what he does. Per- precisely. I, I think that was kind of a weird thing that they didn't really set up properly in this yeah, one. That's fair. It's, yeah, it's fair. This is a good episode, is what I'm saying. And it just kind of stuck out to me as something I'm... as a kind of a miss in that one. I just want to say another thing that stuck out to me is oh. the pose Spider-Man strikes when he's about to leave this scene is just like so... It's like a Greek statue like the way they like shaded his butt and his whole body it's like unreal right and i know that's not... hanging out nearby the window yeah he's like got a foot on the windowsill all right, and he's like back is turned it's like all it's like both butts beautifully shaded it's like a Greek both, statue both like, butts yeah it's pretty good <laughs> he does a lot of like weird posing because he's hanging out on the wall instead of the chair or yeah. just standing he's gotta he's gotta reaffirm that he's a spider yeah, that's right. true. That's true. Also, wouldn't you just hang on a wall if you could? Like I would. Well, I mean, I'm sure it'll get old. I feel point. like it would make it weird to the people around. Yeah, me. I'm very self-conscious about that sort of thing. So one thing that uh, I think is important to note is when Doc Connors first identifies what the creature is or whatever what the suit is, he says symbiote. It's a symbiote, right? And yes. That's how I've been pronouncing that word all of my life, you know? And now, like, with the new Venom movie and all that stuff, it's symbiote and, like, all that kind of garbage. This entire episode, the three of us have been saying symbiote, and I'm pretty sure that's because of this cartoon. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and yeah, and lo- like going on in life and and f- doing science and biology. Uh, symbiotic relationship is the phonetic for the term, so like it fits a hundred percent. I don't know why they say symbiote in the Venom movie. I don't but... know. Well, symbiote is probably the more correct way of pronouncing it. Yeah. Um, it, you don't normally ever hear that as a term though in science like if you were to if you were to probably google it like my my search history is incredibly tainted by looking up all the spider-man stuff that i look up spider-man but (laughs) well what i'm saying is i I search spider-man so much if i search for symbiote it's just going to give me spider-man shit but if you were to look it up it's not a very common term at all in in the scientific community like you don't right. normally use that term specifically like i don't think even microsoft word doesn't even recognize it as a word hmm. right like when i'm typing it in my show notes it's not picking it says what the hell are you talking about uh did you mean symbiotic do you mean symbioses right anyways just i just thought that was interesting um, because I know that's where like probably it's probably the first time we ever heard that word, though. Uh, As yeah, kids, right? For sure. So at least in that context, sure. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was a nerdy kid, so. <laughs> Triple J is sitting with his son in the hospital when the colonel wakes up and mentions the rhino. Jameson lays into Eddie Brock, who finally admits that he lied. And is once again fired. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know what? You got to give Jameson credit. Like, he lied. This the entire like all. J- As a journalist, all you have is your integrity. Right. I can't have someone who works for me coloring the truth and leaving out facts. It's against everything I stand for. He's like, you made me look like an idiot. Like, yeah, Brock agree. has no reason to be mad. Well, Brock has reason to be mad, but, like, he did it to himself. The thing is that he has no reason to do is blame Spider-Man. Well, except for that very first episode where he got fired, or second episode, because he got fired for catching the wrong spider Yeah, but I'm just talking about in this specific instance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, for sure, for sure. No, it's sure. true. <laughs> uh, as good as the journalistic integrity from Triple J is, I... He does shove Brock down in this scene. Like, he walks up to him and shoves him. Right. Like, maybe they want him on his knees so it looks like he's groveling and stuff. And it kind of fits the, the tone of the scene. But you can't just shove your employees like that. Not even in the 90s. I Yeah, it's like old man strength, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dad strength. He's just like, no. <laughs> no, Ben. At the beginning of the scene... Like, 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 as you said, Kev, he's there in the hospital, and it's just JJ and his son, um, and his son's just like basically incoherent rambling. This was happening, and that's basically all that it took for JJ to fire Brock. It's like, you know, his son just randomly, like, he could have been saying anything, but he just mentioned a rhino. And then he's like, oh, so there was a rhino. Okay, I'm going to go and believe my son who has not regained consciousness. And like, well, I don't know. I think because Spider-Man says that there's a rhino, and it's such a weird thing to say. A rhino? Yes. Yeah, uh, that when his son mentions it too, it's sort of one of those, you know, two points can make a lion thing. And he knows there's something up. He, did, I will give uh, Jameson this. Uh, 
he probably doesn't 100% trust Eddie Brock still. Of course. I mean, so the fact that, you know, it's come up twice. It's uh, and the only other person who's like it's it's right now he, he's he, the the two people that are telling him stuff are Brock and Spider Man and he doesn't a hundred percent trust either one. Right. He just wanted to trust Brock because he wanted Spider Man to be guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as soon as his son, who he actually likes and you know respects and everything, he's uh, an astronaut. Puts that yeah puts that seed into yeah, his mind. Right. He's like. Uh, like that, it completely flips him. Right. You know what I mean? But all I'm saying is, like, his son could have been in a delirious state. Um, but I guess you're right. Like, if he hadn't heard Spider-Man mention a rhino before, yeah. No, it makes total yeah. sense. Yeah, if you hadn't have heard, yeah. One thing I did love, which is uh, a pretty good Simpsons reference, was just when Jameson's just like, I'm going to call security to come and take out the trash. And I'm just right away, I'm just like, but first we have to ask Eddie Brock to leave. (laughs) Besides the fact that Brock's face when he says that, (laughs) that trash line is absolutely priceless. Like he's destroyed (laughs) by that. JJ, I did it for you. (laughs) Which is is just tremendous. But oh yeah, um, the way (laughs) just looked at it. Yeah, I, I have a clip of that's going in the that's going on the Instagram, um, but the way Ed Asner does the line read uh, again on it, when he's in the hospital with his son, the way he does the line read. So there was a guy in a rhino suit. Oh yeah, there was a guy in a rhino suit. Like he that is a ridiculous thing to say. Like <laughs> try and say I'm trying to say it with a straight face right now, and I'm laughing to myself. It's ridiculous, but he says it, and he makes you believe it. Like it's so yeah. good. He's so good in this episode. Like yeah. he goes Top from notch. skeptical rhino to, uh, in this case, serious rhino. He's got the whole rhino rage. Jameson removes the bounty on Spider-Man, making Kingpin antsy enough to order a hit on Brock to keep himself safe. While Spidey snags the photos that will exonerate him from Brock's apartment, he's also just in time to thwart the shocker from taking out Eddie Brock. We gotta start this with the line that launched this podcast. The line all America has been waiting for. My job? My reputation? My health? My My apartment? My apartment? (laughs) (laughs) Yay! It was everything I dreamed of and more. (laughs) I just want to cut to the fact that like, how do you not notice the eviction sign on his door? Like, the, if I'm even 20 feet from my... Not 20 feet. I'm not a fucking eagle. But if... <laughs> That's for sure. If I'm within... Within, <laughs> within distance of my house, I immediately know if something's on my door. I'm like... You know? Oh, he was uh, preoccupied kicking a can down the street or something. Yeah, he was ranting and raving. He had his head down. We always joke about this this specific thing because it's his his read on it is hilarious and it's terrific and everything. Yep. But I actually kind of went back and thought about it, and I think that this is actually a very important point for Brock. I think in order to make this episode and his character make sense to yep. me, um, it has to. This signifies a mental break. He's blaming literally everything that's wrong on Spider-Man, even if it makes no sense at all. Like, Spider-Man did fuck with him a bit, and then a lot of it is, of course, 
you know, perceived or his own actions, especially. Yeah, he he's the one who chose the doctor. The photos yeah, and... this this last episode or yeah. two, it, it is absolutely you know his own fault. But previous to that, Spider Man's involvement in his life was the big thing that caused you know problems right. for him. Like he was right about the lizard, for example. Yes. Yep. So no, yeah. I think this is the moment where a competent reporter is driven over the edge, and I think that makes the rest of his actions in this episode make more sense if you believe that, that he is now kind of unhinged. Because oh, for sure, yeah. everything he does for the remainder of this episode is pretty bizarre. It's like an, obs- yeah, like he's, it's, a, it's officially that, like, he's so obsessed, he's so angry that, like, if it rained, he'd blame it on Spider-Man. Like, yeah, that's if someone mugged him, back. he'd be like, Spider-Man caused... Yeah, well, like- Spider-Man wasn't there to stop the mugger, you know? But again, like I was just saying, like, this is top-notch, like, voice acting. And just like, it's, oh, per- it's yeah. like portraying, like, the emotion you can kind of tell. And I don't know, um, I would love to know if they thought it would be such an iconic line in the episode. I don't even know if it is. I don't 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 know. Maybe it's it's just just something the three of us kind of stuck with. But honestly, like a British guy I work with, it's just like, my apartment? My apartment? Everybody knows that. Okay. It is, yeah. It definitely stuck with me. And I think, like I said, I made a kind of offhand comment that this was the line that launched the podcast because it kind of did in that, we were sitting around talking and it was something that we've said so many times. We've quoted it yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and like you said, Kevin, it's like the pinnacle of, it's like the climax of Brock's character arc. This is it. This is the peak of his arc is his like built to this. I would say that the, the like him becoming Venom is like the, he's hit rock bottom here. Yeah, yeah, this is like maybe not the peak without exactly. It's like the total trough, and it's like the perfect line. Fuck it. Also, my apartment. Like, yeah. the I'm out. The thing is, though, they don't really explain why he got evicted. I guess because he hasn't been able. Probably because he doesn't job. have a job. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't. Yeah, really he's worked. got no money. He uh, he only just got his job back at the bugle because uh, he had the photos, right? Yeah, and he was just. So I think he was. He just probably didn't even. It, we, as we, we were kind of debating the timeline a bit, but I guess that means it's it hasn't been very long at all. Yeah, he's just started. Like like Jonah's just looking at the pictures on his desk or whatever, right? So I yeah. guess he's like, he hasn't even been around for a pay cycle. <laughs> but they still owe him some money. And like Spider Man did ruin his reputation because yeah. the Spider Slayers and like it, he just can't catch a break. So this is the sort of the first time that you kind of understand that the Kingpin pulls strings and is like actually evil. Like the whole the whole uh Spider Slayer thing, you can kind of be like, okay, like yeah, he made a deal with Norman Osborn, but he didn't really get his hands dirty in this one. This is like the first time Kingpin's like, holy shit, there's a guy they on the news said a guy in a rhino suit we got to plug these holes. Right. We have to make sure that none of this can be traced back to me. And he's like actively going, he sends someone to effectively assassinate Brock. Right. Uh, or at least put out some sort of hit. So you kind of finally get to see him be a bit more of a mob boss than just like alluded to. I like also that uh, he's watching that on 
on TV and it's Jameson getting on TV and immediately throwing Brock under the bus. <laughs> because Eddie Brock, an ex-Bugle reporter, withheld important evidence in this case. And it literally might cost him his life in this instance here. <laughs> uh, but Jameson but doesn't just know like, that. Yeah, I know. he. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's aware more than most of the consequences of, you know, outing reporters and Fair. everything like that. But <laughs> when he's literally... <laughs> When he literally goes, thanks to Eddie Brock, that dickhole. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but he withdrew his million dollar bonus. It's a million dollar bonus. Oh, yeah, he did. He had to withdraw his million dollar, uh, oh, uh, million dollar bounty. So <laughs> Spider-Man shows up at Brock's apartment the same time Eddie mm-hmm. does, but he can't get inside because he's affected. And he sneaks in and he looks for the photos. Like yeah. He wants to find the photos that exonerate him. There's a lot more searching in this scene than I expected. Yeah. Because this show normally moves at a breakneck speed. And in this episode, it's even more breakneckier than usual. Uh, but he spends almost half a minute just looking through his house. Like, it was an odd choice. You know what I mean? But then, like, Brock hid, hid the uh, film in the, in the shower head. It's like... Did he not plan to take a shower? What if he forgot? That's why he says not hygienic. Not too hygienic, Eddie. Yeah, not very hygienic, uh, fair Eddie. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and then I just love how um, the symbiote makes a pocket for him <laughs> in the, yeah, in the suit. Weird, eh? Yeah, that's <laughs> weird, so, All right. Here you go. Kind of gross also. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do, like, is that just against his skin now? I don't, I don't know. Well, that's fair. Like, why would it go and make a pocket if it's just, like, on him? It should, it's just, why didn't he just, like, put it on himself and it got absor- covered by the symbiote and, like, got absorbed into it? <laughs> it's the yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't or know. Or what if the symbiote just sort of, like, yeah, does he feel it against him? Or is the symbiote sort of bumped out now? I think he's just got a, a weird bump. Right. A creepy little bump going now. Right. So the shocker makes an appearance. Yeah, we finally get. Uh, Smythe says he's got the just the man and just the device to use it. So I guess he made the shocker, which is kind of. Oh, cool. so that's awesome. Uh, oh yeah, I never thought of it sense. that way because I was like the device, and I'm like. Well, oh, I mean, it's yeah. similar to kind of how um, what Spider-Man: Homecoming, where they like the tinkerer made the devices for him and stuff. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I, I should say Shocker is played here by legendary voice actor Jim Cummings. Uh, and I, I, you know, I throw around legendary or like prolific or Journeyman. whatever uh, sometimes about these guys. Journeyman just, uh, th- that one is apt, apt when I do it. But <laughs> this one, I mean, I, I think it's a legitimate legend when I say that. He has over 400 voice credits and he's been in fucking everything. Yeah, he's still doing stuff right he, now, I think. Oh, he's still doing stuff all of the time. He's Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Oh, right. That's probably yes. His, yes. That's probably his biggest thing. But if you look him up, he's literally everywhere, like up and down your childhood. And like I remember him most from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. <laughs> Personally, like that's what I think of when I hear Monterey him. Jack? But he's Monterey Jack and Fat Cat. Okay, good. Um, but he's like you can hear that quality to voices uh, that he does. Mm-hmm. They they kind of have that sort of feel to them a lot. He's actually I'm pretty sure he does four characters in this episode so far that I got to get what you pay for. He's a leathery kind of voice. Does he do one of the thugs? He does 
two of the thugs and one of the mercenaries, the one who goes, uh, <laughs> who uses the who uses the sonic, use the sonic blaster. <laughs> That's him. Uh, he's mm. <laughs> he's two of the thugs. He's the mercenary and he's the shocker. Huh. This fight though between the shocker and Spider Man is kind of odd. It's it's really quick. Yeah, it just it's basically just blow things up 101. No, blow one thing up. He jumps on the building, he knocks the building over on top of him, and then he's just gone. He bugs right out. Yeah. I mean, Brock did too, so I guess that's the whole point for the shocker. He's like, well, I'm not getting paid to be around, and he leaves. It's I true. never remembered the shocker being so damn maniacal. <laughs> Rest in pieces, Wallcrawler. Yeah, he's a merc, like a straight killer. Like, I'm going to fucking shock you in the butt. This is why they call me the shocker. And just start laughing about it. Is it electricity or sound? It's technically, it's sort of sound. It's He's vibrating air. Right. Like, he's sending vibrations. Which is what sound is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be, like, a super high-pitched noise, but yeah. it is vibrations that he's sending. So, technically, it is sound. So they're very target. Okay, as a kid, I was never. It was very unclear to me if it was. Yeah. Well, the shocker makes it. It definitely makes it sound like electricity, right? Gauntlets that project concentrated vibrational air blasts. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Mm. Cool. That makes oh, okay. So and that's why it looks like that color because like if it was air, you wouldn't see it. So they had to make it like. Yeah, I'm really not sure about the mask. Like, is her, are his eyes exposed? <laughs> like, it's just like he just like cut out eye holes, <laughs> and it's like, all right, here you are in this padded suit, but like, just close your eyes when you shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, they should have given him goggles or something. He also gets a bit of a pug nose. Yeah, yeah, it looks they yep. accentuate that like the fact that it's lifted by doing those underlines under his nose so yep. aggressively. So at the end of the scene, Shocker goes and covers Spider-Man in rubble and whatever, and then Shocker's just like, you know, wipes his hands and goes away. He's like, another job well done. I'm the Shocker. <laughs> and then leave. I guess. And then <laughs> see it. And then so <laughs> and so Spider-Man like breaks Well, <laughs> and so Spider-Man like breaks out of the uh, <laughs> breaks out of the rubble and it's just like I'll follow you instead. <laughs> it's like how about I follow you instead? Did he not hear yeah, him? It's very... <laughs> he wasn't that far away. I said <laughs> I said I was done. It's done. <laughs> Yeah, it, but he's already gone. Like, it's how okay, fucking fast did off. he fucking sprint away? Because like Spider-Man jumped out of that what seemed to be like two seconds later after he left. You know what? He was like, mm, "That trench coat's actually kind of expensive. I got that <laughs> out of the dirt." That's Burberry. Oh yeah, it was a pretty good trench coat. Very fancy. So Shocker does bug out, and Spider-Man gives chase, tracking him to one of Kingpin's safe houses. Spidey breaks in and, after a brief tussle, hightails it home with the Nostelium X. Yeah, it's weird that, okay, they don't introduce that they're in a safe house before that. So it's like, where's the safe house come from? Well, they don't say safe house, but that's what I gathered it to be. 
I thought that this was all happening in the Chrysler building still. <laughs> and they, all of a sudden, there's no, turns out there's a safe house and that's where they've been doing the experiments. But like yeah, that he, was never, that was never yeah. clarified. Spidey comes to the safe house that looks like any kind of New York brownstone. Yeah. And then he walks in one door, finds that it's armored, and he kicks it down. And then the lab on the other side is fucking massive. And it's not even underground. Like, I thought, oh, maybe he went down some stairs or something. No, no, no. He kicks in the door, and he's immediately in the lab. So uh, is there just, like, this regular row of apartments or houses? And then there's this massive building built into the back of them? And the neighbors are just like, I don't know, but the rent's reasonable. Maybe there's just... They're all, it's all just maybe, fake housing. Maybe Kingpin, yeah, maybe Kingpin bought yeah. it and cleared them all out. Oh, maybe they are all fake. That's a good point. Yeah, like they're all connected. The other thing to note, though, is he goes through the door, sees three doors, and he doesn't know which one to go through. And then he's just like, oh, well, you know, you can beat like my normal senses, but you can't beat my spider sense. You can confuse my eyes, but not my spider sense. Boom, turns on his spider sense. How the f- like? Okay, they're playing it too fucking fast and loose with the rules of the spider sense here. Like maybe a spider sense is better with a symbiote. Maybe, maybe the symbiote figured out how to turn it on automatically for him. Yeah, yeah. maybe like that's every other one of his other powers is augmented. Maybe that is too. Right. Then he also goes and kind of makes fun of a disabled guy. He's just like, I heard that too, but it wasn't a very good joke. Like just just getting this party rolling or whatever. This party's just getting rolling. Yeah, I wrote that down because he goes, uh, yeah, we're just getting rolling. And he webs up Smythe. That's not an expression. That's just you ripping on people in wheelchairs. Yeah. That's our thing. <laughs> He's a hover chair. That's, we do the wheelchair jokes. And then he easily just, like, and then he easily like stopped him and like spun him around in his fucking wheelchair. Like, dude, he's, you're a dick. And then they, like, animate him spinning so aggressively. He's just in the background, like, wee That's true. It's kind of interesting, because the previous fight was super short, like we said, so it's nice that this one kind of augments that a little bit. It's still sort of the preview fight for the end, but uh, it is odd that they take the time to point out already that the suit is specifically weak to sonic vibrations. Then they pick a villain who makes sonic vibrations, and then we never have Spider-Man get hit by them or have that factor in in any way. Right. They always make him get hit by one villain thing, like an octopus tentacle, a scorpion tail. Like he never 100% dodges everything, but they actively make him dodge this. Yeah, he never gets hit by a single blast. I, I paid attention when we were going through this time. Uh, Again, it might be the it symbiote. Really, f- yeah, it would have really fucked him up, right? Yeah, maybe the symbiote's like extra, like oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but like it's kind of strange that they made this choice. Yeah, like he gets hit by shocker and <laughs> one time, and it just like blows him <laughs> out of the suit, <laughs> and it's just like there. It's just regular Peter Parker <laughs> in his underoos. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he's just scooping up the symbiote and smearing it on himself, <laughs> trying to get back in the fight. <laughs> no, you can't see me. <laughs> Don't look at me! Don't look at me! <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so he gets the Prometheum X, then he goes and takes it to his apartment to go and do his own tests on it. 
Yeah, he's sitting in his room, full costume, yeah. using a microscope, a light microscope, <laughs> a standard light microscope, that somehow goes to the atomic level. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe that. <laughs> like, yep. Smythe needs these control rods that are only kept by the government, and Spider-Man has this off-the-shelf off the microscope that can see atoms. Like, like you don't get to do that. Like, yeah, it gets yeah, it to goes the, like... beyond the atom. He's going fucking, like, what's that part of uh, Ant-Man? When he's like, you Quantum? can't go subatomic. Oh, subatomic. Like, oh, watch me. Yeah, he's looking at quarks and shit. <laughs> like Ant Man's in the background, just like like looking at him from behind the atom. Like, ooh, like, whoa! What the fuck kind of microscope is this, bro? <laughs> uh, Sears. Yeah, like it's just a t- like I can't get over that. I can't get over that. <laughs> just like we must go deeper. We must go deeper. Ugh. Yeah. So he's able to use his light microscope to figure out how Promethium X yep. works, and but then he goes. What do you know? In like a really weird way. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you know? Uh, we'll come back to this later, but it was a really th- strange thing to say, and I'm wondering if we were supposed to uh, take more from it than I originally did. Yeah. But we can talk about that later. Has he ever fucking taken off that suit since he put it on? It's It smells like football. It's ball probably fuck. smelling pretty yeah. foul in there. Yeah. Well, no, well, there's cells. Self cleaning. Uh, no. Yeah. Is it ventilated? They're regenerating. They're regenerating because they're like cells. Maybe the it's moisture wicking. Yeah, but your wicking, balls are like... made of sm- cells, and they uh, they make a lot of smells. So <laughs> <laughs> you should you should embroider that on a pillow. After Kingpin orders his minions to retrieve the McGuffey X, Shocker kidnaps Colonel John Jameson from the hospital. Triple J begs Spider-Man for his help, and Spidey reluctantly agrees to carpool with him to save his son's life. I like the uh, the horror music when J. Jonah's son gets kidnapped. Yeah, it's very, like, it goes into some really deep organs, mm-hmm. like an old castle film or something. But, like, the shocker is oh so gentle taking him out of there. Just like, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you safe, John. Yeah, like a summer breeze. Yeah, he's like, shh, 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 don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. But then it's like, <laughs> and like, it's like lightning sort of. And like the, it's like the classic windowsill with the curtains flapping. Yeah, I guess a storm's a brewing. It's this is this is trench coat the episode. Like everybody <laughs> wears a trench coat in this one. Shocker keeps putting on his trench coat rather than taking <laughs> his suit a lot off for it. <laughs> but then Eddie Brock is shown to be cr- like just hanging out on the street, creeping now yeah. in his trench coat. I guess he has nowhere to live, so that's what he does. But he's, he's going also got full weirdo now. Yeah, and he only wears it for that scene, so it's kind of strange. Who is he? St- is he stalking Spider Man? No, he's just standing outside of Jay Jonah's place. Oh, so he's going full stalker. Yeah. That's why he's got the trench coat. And that's why I said I think he's kind of snapped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then all but like there was some sweet and completely unnecessary 3D graphics panning from the hospital room to like to Eddie Brock on the street. It's just like, yeah. oh man, yeah, the budget for this in. episode was fucking huge. Well, they probably hadn't used any because there's not a lot of web slinging going on and after the first little bit. Yeah, because they drove to the fucking chassel. <laughs> That's where they, they spent just, all the money. Yeah. 
JJ goes and revokes the thing, and then Spider-Man's just like, okay, well, I'm doing this one like not for you. For I'm doing this one for John. No, yeah, that's in this. That's in this little yeah. section. And he so he's yeah. not wearing Dude, the this... suit, but apparently he fucking is because it's his fucking clothes. Yeah, it's his clothes. Yeah, he's always got it. So. On. That's the secret. He's always does he it. not wink. So is he just fucking like it's the symbiote just right there, cupping everything. Yeah. How does he shower? I mean, does the symbiote it, like it, it turns into a shower cap? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then his towel as well. <laughs> How does the symbiote know to be absorbent <laughs> or water got... repellent? Yeah, that's if it's skills. the shower cap, if uh, if Spider Man has sex when he's wearing the symbiote, does it become the condom? Yeah, man. Yeah. But then wouldn't it? And it feels like he's wearing nothing, nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. It becomes extra ribbed for her pleasure. Why Ooh. would the symbiote even know about the? It knows everything he knows. Uh, yeah. Wait, no, nothing. it just becomes he socks. Knows nothing. She's she's like, can you take the socks off? And he's like, nah, baby. I like to keep the socks on. <laughs> uh, Jameson does that. Like he goes on TV and he does his little speech asking Spider-Man for help. Uh, the announcer who says Triple J's name just says it with a, such a weird emphasis. He goes, J Jonah Jameson. J Jonah Jameson. And it was very odd. I don't know. No, it's like J. Jonah Jameson. He just really leans into the Jonah in a way that kind of I found. Oh, yeah, right. But yeah. And then Asner does, again, a fantastic job here when he's reading his prepared statement on the on TV. Yeah. Asking Spider-Man for help. And he sounds super sad. But he's also he's got that just a little bit of pissiness and indignation that he has to ask Spider-Man for help. It's perfect. Just perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Spider-Man, wherever you are, if you're within the sound of my voice, you must contact me. It's a matter of life and death. Like, why didn't Jonah take the, like, hold my hand Spider-Man Express? Right? Like, <laughs> what do you think the, like, the atmosphere in that car ride was? I know. <laughs> does... I wrote that down. <laughs> what does Jonah listen to on the radio? <laughs> yeah, do they do they like fight over the radio? Like one turns it up, one turns it to rock station, one turns it to classical, or are they just like shoot the shit? Like, like exactly. Or is it just that awkward? Like Spider Man's just drumming his hands on his thighs, like do 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 Because they're clearly not going anywhere close by. They go to this weird like Tuscan castle church. Yeah. It it was I don't really know what that was supposed to be. I just I'm just picturing that like I wanna know like I wanna picture a scene where like they both sit in the car and Jonah <laughs> turns on the car and something blasts out of the radio and then Spider Man's like, Oh, I didn't take you for this kind of music fan, pickle puss or something. Like uh, just turns it on. If you want to back. come with me, baby, <laughs> baby, then go ahead. Let's go ahead now. <laughs> and they're just both bobbing what, it's the their 90s. heads. <laughs> yeah, he just looks at them, and he look at each. They look at each other, and Spider-Man just turns it up. <laughs> We're just... never gonna talk about this again, guys. Wouldn't the loud music hurt the symbiote, though? <gasps> You're right. That's right. Hey, satin. Re- reeling you back in. One last thing I had to the scene. Brock still has a car. Yeah. yeah. He, so that's where he's living. A, that's his yeah, house. <laughs> I got, a car could be an apartment. <laughs> the episode comes to a head. 
Spidey hands over the promotional axe to Smythe, and Jonah gets his precious son back, but Spider-Man is shocked by another ambush. Spidey and the Shocker get into their rematch, while Eddie Brock waits for his moment to strike. They go into this, like, beautifully acquainted Tuscan villa, and... <laughs> you sit around. Yeah, <laughs> and so... Um, they see Smythe, Spider-Man's like, well, you know, and like, Spider-Man and JJ are just like, give us John, and they roll John out in a wheelchair, and I'm like, is that Smythe's old wheelchair? That's <laughs> <laughs> his old one. <laughs> his old Actually, they don't wheel him out in a wheelchair. I wrote this down. It's, he, Smythe does some weird street magic. Really? Because they walk in, Smythe uh, power slides <laughs> into view from, from the shadows, mm-hmm. And they say, "Hey, we want to. We're not giving you the the stuff until we see the until we see the hostage." Right. And then Smythe power slides slightly to the side, and John Jameson's just behind him. How the hell did they do that? Right. I'm watching it right now. Let me see. Yep. <laughs> he just strifes into it. Strafes. Yep. Into it. Spider-Man shows his fists, and then he goes and <laughs> strafes away, and it's. John's just revealed like a fucking magician's assistant. Yeah, maybe he was hooked onto the back. <laughs> I know, but it's so like any plausible scenario that makes sense about how he did that is like, why? Why did you do that? Right. Oh well. The more important thing is, why didn't they give John Jameson pants? And how is he yeah. totally coherent now? John Jameson is dangerously <laughs> close to showing some undersack here. Yeah. It's a kid show. And like while he's hugging his dad. <laughs> That's not a good time to like be nuts out to the wind, you know. He's he's winning the pooing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Giving it the old Donald Duck. <laughs> and then shocker reveal. If you think that's a surprise, then you're in for a real shock. I love that because uh, <laughs> shocker comes out and Spidey says like, "Oh, what a surprise." And they go from trading kind of puns and little bon mots at each other to right to gruesome murder. Spider-Man <laughs> elevates the banter so hard. It's like, Shocker goes, you're in for a shock. And Spider goes, well, I'm going to tear you limb from limb. And I'm going to tear you limb from limb. Oh, yeah. It's... Jesus, that's not even witty. It escalates pretty quickly. And that's just like, again, goodbye, old Spider-Man. Hello, yeah, I maniac think Spider-Man. When he was saying, yeah, the, this, the symbiote's in his head. He's not even witty anymore. He's not even quippy. He's, He's just, just angry. Full of anger, yeah. And they're just destroying this classic castle. Like, oh, my God. Pro- yeah. This tapestry that gets lit on fire. Like, it, we don't even know where this is, but it's getting destroyed. And it's funny. Spider-Man's, like, yeah. so fucking proud of just, like, dropping that tapestry on Shocker's. Like, what about this? And Shocker's like, um, okay. <laughs> Shoots it. <laughs> He shoots it, and it catches on fire. Yeah. You're like, nothing else caught on fire. That was weird. But it is pretty good. Like, this scene is br- – like, it's a good fight, and it's really good how they start ramping up that crazy from Spider-Man throughout the scene. Like, yeah, he goes off a little bit with his banter, but he just keeps going from there. He gets angrier and angrier until he's just screaming at Shocker yeah. in a way that – you know, genuine chills. I don't mean that in a ha ha ha. I mean, like, holy shit. No, yeah, for sure. Just want to note the fucking top-notch vocal performance from Chris Barnes here. Like, the, the shouting at Shocker, just like, Shocker, you can't escape me. Like, the, oh, my God, it's so good. Somebody, 
should go and put that to like some awesome metal backing track and uh i think it'll work really well only if we knew someone who can do that <laughs> also like good for him he's using his diaphragm man oh my gosh like you know he that's not yeah. that's not voice destroying. This is like that's projection. No, he was he did it well. Like his voice doesn't like cut out. It's just like it's he could have been like in a metal band, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, listen kids, use your diaphragm. When he does the one line, he goes so deep with his voice, he sounds like a different yeah. actor. Like he almost sounds like it's the shocker or somebody speaking. Yeah. Uh, I think it's when he's climbing the wall and he says, uh, I'll chase you to the ends yeah. of the earth, or you can't escape me. Like It's pretty crazy. So yeah, the fight is continuing uh, after Brock jumps in and tries to intervene. He then fails and gets webbed up. And then the Shocker gets his gauntlet smashed and narrowly survives Spider-Man. And then his suit attempting to kill him by shoving him from this bell tower. Brock's big plan was to run at Spider-Man with a mace <laughs> that he happened to find on the ground. And he's not even close to him when he starts yelling, like, payback time. It's payback time, web slinger. <laughs> like, he waited days for this for this revenge, yeah. and this is the best he could do. He is, like, he's unhinged. There's no other yeah. way for this to make sense. He just fucking Leroy Jenkins from the down the hall but they don't portray him as unhinged as spider-man currently is you know like you're just kind of like oh well brock's being an idiot but spider-man is unhinged like he's going and he's fronting a metal band and he's like you know full goth oh, yeah like, i mean everyone's kind of crazy yeah. right here and shocker doesn't even fucking flinch he, like spider-man's like i'm gonna tear you limb from limb and shocker's like oh all right oh i'm all shook up he says shook as if that's supposed to be a pun no, no, because no, I guess more. he vibrates stuff. But like, yeah. come on, man. You're better than that. <laughs> I, I expect no. more. I think you pointed out, Peter, while we're watching. Spider-Man webs up Brock, calls him his dessert. Mm -hmm. You? I'm going to save you for dessert. And then he, he takes it. He does that really quickly, but then he takes a long time sticking him to the floor. Yeah. Like he's trying to, because Brock's dangling down the bell tower now. And Spider-Man has to get down on his hands and knees and really mash the web into the side in order to make it stick. He's just like, come on. <laughs> it looks I, so yeah. lame. He's like, get, make sure this doesn't break. Stalker runs away and then Spider-Man obviously climbs up. But then... Brock makes it to the top of that bell tower pretty fast. Yep. And then he tackles the two of them when uh, Spider-Man basically back breaks Shocker. Yeah, he's given him the big bear hug of death, and and Brock just throws a big body check on the whole thing. Like, he's he's got no plan here, and you really would have hoped he had a plan. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when he gets cocooned. Yeah. <laughs> so Spider-Man pushes. Uh, shocker around after yep. that he's kind of toying with him i kind of is how mm -hmm. i kind of took it he smashes his gauntlets and all that stuff and he's dishing out one-liners like he's like a, an 80s action hero the check's in the mail baby you're the main course so bad uh yeah he's just throwing <laughs> this shit around um and he gets him over to the edge and shocker like 
he, he kind of almost taunts him a little bit. It's sort of dumb. Yeah. He's dangling over the edge. And Shocker's like, what are you doing? You're the good guy. Right. And then when he kind of gets a clear head for a second, he's like, oh, man, why am I going so crazy? Shocker's response is, I knew you could do I it. I know, right? What? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the you fuck up, You fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it. Zip uh, it. Just, zip you it. You just fucking provoked <laughs> the damn symbiote. Symbiote's like. Symbiote's just like, go fuck yourself. Like, fuck you. Yeah, the symbiote isn't taking that. I know. And it, the, it globs off and shoves him yeah. over. Uh, Spider-Man flips out and he, and he manages to save him at the last minute by webbing him up. But I, I really did expect Spider- I really did expect Shocker's neck to snap like Gwen Stacy in that uh, moment. Just, uh, and I've got him. I didn't commit. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. He's dead. Yep. You you okay down there? Hello, hey, shocker. <laughs> hey Smythe, do you still have that wheelchair? <laughs> oh, terrible! Big Willie Fisk's hover chair <laughs> just made another sale. I don't know if those hover chairs work with a tube. Oh <laughs> gosh! Oh shit! Oh, but Kevin. he does all that, and Brock gets webbed up, like we said. But he's immediately forgotten about as soon as he gets globbed. He's just like, all right, and you stop existing as far as Pretty I much. care. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he thought he'd be, like, free in an hour, you know? It's true. Oh, yeah, does that does the web that the symbiote made dissolve in an hour? I don't know. That's. A, I mean, it probably takes longer because it's definitely thicker. <laughs> With all that happening, Peter realizes that the suit might, in fact, be wearing him after all, and he struggles to get it off. It's all right because he's saved by the bell when he's able to use the noise to free himself from the symbiote. I like that because he doesn't, he wants to get rid of the suit and it's like, nope, turns out it's midnight, so you win. Like, yeah, exactly. The, I say the whole act, like this whole last act, like this is a good episode and everything, but this whole last act is terrific. And this part is especially great. You see his anger that he had like he was just consumed by rage for the last two minutes three minutes of the episode and then it flips and now it's panic right i gotta get it off it's too late it won't let me you know yeah and and you get this you get his sense of dread and fear that a moment ago he was invincible And now he's like, oh, my God, I am like, I'm a slave to this thing. Right. And it's, I don't know, it's terrific. And, like, the bell is just, like, such a, a big savior moment for him. He's just like, oh, yes, like, get it off me, get it off me, get it off me. And it highlights the scene, too, because it's while it's happening, it's, like, it's loud in the actual mix yeah. in the episode. Like, the audio of it, like, again, the audio is, is pretty great about in the show in general, but it's loud in the mix, and it's just pounding as you're listening to it. So like it's a it's a force to the listener to the viewer as well. I just love how he gives up so easily. He's just like when he's trying to get out of the symbiote costume, he's just like, oh, yeah, he's just like it twice. oh, oh, get it off, get it off, oh no, and it's like goes <laughs> to his knees, and then the bell starts ringing. I'm like, well, that's great. You have that conviction, Spidey. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you tried. Yeah. <laughs> he tugs on it twice, and then he goes, "It won't let me." Like, it won't let me. No, no, that's it. I give up. This is my life now. I would have liked the bell to go like 
you know, like, oh, it's 1 a.m. or something, like, ring twice, and then <laughs> him, like, actively push the bell or something, like, that would have made it a bit less of a deus ex kind of moment right. where, like, he's, like, he kind of has to fight the symbiote to push the bell. Yeah, but he does kind of have to fight the symbiote to get closer to it. So he does that in a way because it is, it's midnight, so it's its pounding, like, you know, it's going to its gonna keep going, but... He's far away, and it just hurts him, and then he it, it's hurting him, too, and he realizes, oh, it hurts the suit, and he he has to force himself to crawl closer, even though it hurts him. So you kind of get that aspect of right. it. I agree. I would have liked him to try and ramp it up in some way, um, but it, it, you kind of get that, you know, struggle. I like the ghosty symbiote, too. Yeah. Uh, when it so he, he it does just kind of kick him out suddenly, which is why you wear clean underwear, kids. Of course, because <laughs> suddenly he's it's we've got full Peter Parker in his boxers. He's a boxer um, man. He's a boxer like man. Like full boxers, not even uh, a boxer brief. No, he 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 likes that coarseness. Yeah, his boys are just swinging all over the place. You think he'd see that? Like you know, <sighs> you can see the line. You know, I I feel like that would be not what you would want to wear under a spider suit. That's what I'm saying. You need yeah. some, like I wear a, a wetsuit fairly often for my work, and uh, if I'm wearing a, a a larger pair of boxer briefs, you can tell. <laughs> but so has Peter not worn normal clothes since acquiring the symbiote? That's my question. Also, why, if it makes the rest of your clothes, why are you wearing boxers? Yeah, I think if they if it wasn't a kid show, he would have been nude. I mean, that makes sense, right? If this was a Netflix original, you know, uh-huh. or something like that, what we would have here is him nude, and it's shot in a way that y- you don't see dong. Yeah, tasteful you know I mean? nudity. He would have been spat out like sideways, and he'd have been like laying on his side with his exactly. leg covering his dick. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's what they would have wanted to do and use shadow and stuff Fair. like that, but. It, it is a good show. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a. It is funny. Like it's objectively, it is a very they're funny. So image. white. Like. Yeah, it, they chose white, which is weird. Uh, at least they didn't give him little pink hearts. But <laughs> should have. You know, should have. Should have steered into it. I, I, I'll, I'll let I'll let that one slide because yeah, there's only so much you can do here. But uh, it it's a minor point on a on a really cool scene where the symbiote has its kind of weird. Uh, not venom shape yet, but uh, it's got a weird shape to it, and it's it's trying to claw back onto him, and he has to struggle with My it. My question is, why does the symbiote care about Peter at this point? Like, is in pain because of the sound. It's still going on, and it's just, like, trying to attack Peter for whatever reason. Like, shouldn't it just be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here because this is the worst scenario of my life, and I need to go? Survival, basically. I think right? he wants to rebond with Peter. I guess. Yeah, true. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's weak as right. well. Like, the easiest, like, because uh, the bonding process is not. What I'm taking from it right. anyway is that the bonding process isn't easy. Like it, it, it takes a toll on both individuals, right. and it's not instantaneous. So I think, um. It, it just wants it the easiest thing for it to do is just to get back on Peter, especially when it's freaking out, it's in pain, it just wants to go back and make this stop. Right. Yeah. And so that's why it then chooses to go into the crack in the floor, because it's like, fuck it. Bleh! Like Yeah, it squeezes down a crack and Peter's just like, sweet, done. 
<laughs> yeah, he makes like a really intense smile. Yeah, he smiles in like a giddy kind of way. Right. And but he's just he's content with that being good enough. At last, it's over. Which is shockingly short-sighted. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what it is. It's terribly short-sighted. He's just like, "Oh, sweet. I'll just let this alien creature loose that amplifies people's powers in a world where there are already pe- people with powers." I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. It's- I like that he runs home naked or in his boxers. Yeah. I'm out of here. I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally that. over. And he just can't even web sling. Yeah, he can. Like, You're well, right. And he's in Tuscany or wherever the fuck he is. <laughs> They're in, he's got to go through that? customs. Tuscany, New York. Yep. All right. In my head canon, though, is what I'm saying here is it's a uh, it's a it's some old mob boss's villa. And uh, maybe Kingpin took his territory recently, so that guy's not around anymore. So they can just use it for whatever they want. For exchanges, so they and look it's, cool. That's why it looks all Italian, Tuscan kind of thing, because it's it reminds them of the old country. Smythe and the Kingpin are happy to have recovered the piece of shitty mechs, but a follow-up test proves that it is naturally degraded into a harmless chunk of lead, because lead never hurts anybody. Lead's perfectly inert, right? <laughs> nice, refreshing lead. The scene is funny to me because the like again, the guy with the ski mask and and weird ponytail aside, who also has a bike chain for a bracelet. Duh. Uh, <laughs> why is the lead shiny? Like I would have believed it if he was like, oh, it's reduced itself to like carbon. Right. Because carbon's, carbon's diamonds. Way but like carbon's diamonds. So like, why did they make it glisteningly shiny looking like lead doesn't look like that. I think it's just to kind of show that it became a metal. Yeah. I think it's just to illustrate it's different. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I do like Smythe's sassy ass response to the kingpin though. Because you never gave me an opportunity to study it. Like that's classic passive aggressive. Like why didn't you know that it was going to turn to lead? Well, maybe if you gave me the power rods. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he didn't get the power rods. Uh, or he never let just, him study it. Yeah, he didn't give time. He didn't yeah, give okay. him time he to study the, it. That's the thing. He needed the rods to study it, I guess, is what was going on. That's fair. But they you know, they didn't know it was up, but they, they, th- they assume that Spider-Man does. He knew it. Spider-Man knew it. That's so weird. First of all, they don't even entertain the idea that Spider-Man double-crossed them. You know, that he just gave them a chunk of lead <laughs> and told them it was Prometheum X and they just got fucking hoodwinked. Like, they don't even think of that, but it's it's entirely a possibility. But originally I thought when he was saying Spider-Man knew it, it he was just being paranoid. But now that I'm thinking back to, as I was saying before, Spider-Man, when he was using his super microscope to look at the atoms, says, what do you know? In that really weird way. What do you know? Did he actually know? I think so. I think that's why he was willing to give it back to him. Yeah. He was willing to give it back because he knew it was worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Or going to be worthless. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the whole point, right? Because why would he willingly, like, he would have double crossed them, I think, if it was actually that dangerous. There's no way in his right mind he would let them take an explosive device like that. 
I think it was a great. I thought it was a really good twist. Yeah, I, when I saw it originally, I always thought that it was just pure chance, yeah. and we all lucked out that the the bad guy didn't get this no, massive for sure, yeah. bomb thing. But now I, I'm on that side. It, I think Spider Man did know it. Well, he's a genius, isn't he? So is Smythe. It was a great twist and everything, but I really wish that when they realize it turns to lead, they cut to Spider-Man saying something like, it's a good thing that Prometheum X just turns into lead after a couple days, and that's what he discovered, just to solidify the fact that he knew all along. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it would have been nice to have a little bit more payoff yeah. there. It also, we were talking about this before the show, it doesn't actually make any sense the way that they made things happen. Right. So I, I'm of the opinion it was just sort of a Deus Ex Machina thing, because they say, oh, it's got a, it must have a radioactive half life of only a few days. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. They said it was stable unless it was heated. Yeah. If it's got a half life, that means it's degrading. It's giving off radiation, and if it's only has a few days, that means it's actively shedding a lot of materials. Yeah. Like half life is the time it takes for half of a, a volume to uh, degrade. Yeah, which, which means it's radioactive at room which temperature. Which means it's highly radioactive. Yeah, yeah. very. So, because only a piece of it gets heated, right? So, like, it's not yeah. the whole rock that's exactly. even getting exposed to it. That's a good yeah. point. What I, I think the only way to they could have tied it all up is if the Spider-Man had looked at it, gone, huh? Like he realized there was a way to fuck with it, and he just made it inert. Right. Yeah. You know, they had a little scene where he was just like, oh, okay. Like he heats it a little bit but not too much. And it's, it could be like a very tense scene where he's, you know, if he reads this too much, he's going to blow up and maybe take Aunt May with him or something. <laughs> Why do you got to bring May into this, Kevin? Well, he doesn't have anywhere it's else true. to go. It's true. Well, maybe he could do it at ESU. I don't know. Yeah, I could see does. him do it like heating it and then saying something in like, in it, as like a, a voiceover, like, huh, heating it up is going to speed up the reaction or something like. He- All right. Maybe he heated it up. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Maybe he caused it to go inert or something. That would have been a good way to deal with it. They just didn't have enough time, man. This was so fast. It does seem like everything has wrapped up nicely, but the bow on this episode is that the very much forgotten symbiote is dripping down on the very much forgotten Eddie Brock, and we're left with the shadow of a new powerful creature breaking free and vowing revenge on Spider-Man. Yes. I liked the I liked the scene. Like yeah, it feels kind of weird that all of a sudden the wind kicks up and the lightning happens, yeah. but it just drives that like monstrosity imagery home. The yeah, like it's very horror movie I'm creati- again. Yeah. yeah, I'm creating a monster. Exactly. Although somebody had said that uh, when he abducts uh, John Jameson, there was the lightning and stuff too. Yeah. So I oh, guess okay. they kind of set it up. It's it's a summer humidity storm. It's fine. Mm. It's an electrical <laughs> storm. Uh, yeah. From the shocker. It, yeah. yeah, the from whole the thing shocker. is pretty creepy, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Like, the sound effects, the screaming from uh, Hank Azaria's Eddie Brock. Right. It, also a great performance here, like, underrated, but... I, I'm trying to think of where I would have liked a cutoff, like... I, I think it's an okay ending. Like, I don't know what a better cliffhanger would have been to have, like, have it end with Brock's terrified face and the symbiote, like, covering him. Right. Or insisting on the pseudo-reveal that they do 
where he's like, enjoy your fame while it lasts. While it lasts. But then you don't see his face. Like, you don't, you see the back of him. Like, I get your, you get that he's after Spider-Man, but like, I don't think that's a good cliffhanger. Right. In a way. When you have the first, the scene earlier that's this like terrified Brock that's getting like covered. What would have been cool is like terrified Brock and then all of a sudden his face turns into like a smile. Um, because he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I got the symbiote. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe we can have this discussion after the next episode because I want to kind of see how this all shakes out. But I'm wondering if this whole thing might have been better um, broken up instead of being a three-parter. Like, have Spider-Man become the black Spider-Man and then you know, have a couple episodes where he's just doing regular Spider-Man stuff as the black Spider-Man, then have this resolution and then push the Venom thing down the road a little bit, uh, even further. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how the impact is after this next one, but I, I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. Like you're saying, Vero, whether this should be all at once or not. Yeah. I just like, personally, if you want the cliffhanger of like, Oh, something's happening. I just, I didn't like the ending choice of, of just like a guy walking down the hallway being like, uh, Spider-Man, I'm going to get you. I think also, yeah, you would have, you would have had just the stuff dripping down on Eddie Brock and him screaming and then showing the shadow of him of stuff happening. And then cut. Yeah. Like when he explodes out of the, out Maybe of the webbing, like exploding out just the goop covering him and then cut. I think it was still pretty effective as it was. Oh yeah. God, it's not. We're, we're nitpicking for here. sure. It's, yeah, it's a I'm. I'm just episode. being. I'm, my personal opinion is I just didn't think it was the best cliffhanger. Right. But obviously, you're still worried because you're like Spider-Man. Someone's coming after you. Oh, for sure. I did like that. Looks like Venom's wearing risers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're covering Eddie Brock's normal shoes. Which yeah, are, he didn't have a chance yeah. to to get nude before he symbioted yeah. up. So. It had to deal with the, the heels it was given, yeah. you know? <laughs> He's working those loafers. I did like the... Um, so it's still Hank Azaria, I assume, doing the voice, but they, like, double it. Yeah, the yeah. voice effect is interesting. Yeah. It, I agree. I think it is two tracks, and then they, they pitch shift it slightly and then and play it back all just slightly off time or something. Something like that. But, yeah, it gives the good effect that it is two entities that are speaking at the same time. But as one, right? And, it's like, and they usually say, we are Venom and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, I mean, we'll have two weeks uh, in order to figure out how to do it ourselves for the next episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to get overdone because at all. <laughs> exactly, entire episode. Because this one is done. Yeah, we're done with yeah. this one. That's it for this episode. Yeah. We'd like to close off our episodes with everyone's final thoughts. Uh, Peter, why don't you start us off? What's your personal spider rating for this one? My spider rating will be, I don't know. I love this episode. It's 10 children of the symbiotes out of 10, really. Like, it's still stuck Good with day. me um, all through these years. Like, it's like the de facto Venom origin story. Venom being one of my favorite uh, comic book characters. You know, this run out. They even kind of did a version of this in the Spider-Man movie uh, with Tobey Maguire. Um, you know, just I thought it was really well done. So, uh, Vera, what's your spider rating? My spider rating is nine symbiote blebs out of ten. Um, I think that the voice acting done for Spider-Man is just is awesome on its own. The character, like you feel the character's 
growing insanity um and it's almost like mirrored with the growing insanity of brock as well uh i just think as a character arc storyline this episode is so solid um you just like and it really makes that pinnacle moment of like now we've got venom like it's it's been laid out so clearly and concisely that like you see the tension you see the motivation yeah that's it it's just a great episode on a storytelling perspective 100 percent. as for me uh, i give it nine soggy film canisters out of ten uh the first half is pretty good it gets the job done and then the second half of this episode is absolutely fantastic uh, the voice acting is fucking phenomenal. The visuals get elevated, I think, a lot. I noticed reused animation in the first half. I didn't notice it in the second half at all. Everything looks cool and interesting. It's not flawless, but nothing so far in this series has shown the potential that the show has like this one. It's a little raw because it's still early in the in the run, but it's of such high quality that it, it solid nine film canisters or whatever the fuck I said uh, out of 10. I'm excited to see how this all shakes out in the next episode. If only there was some way to get some news on what might happen here. He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue of Bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news too. That's unbelievable. Exactly. Oh, Kevin, I just got a tweet from the Daily Bugle. The Twitter headline says, The symbiote takes over Eddie Brock to give birth to Venom. Now Spidey must go up against the most dangerous enemy he's ever faced. One who is stronger, more skilled, undetected by his spider sense, and knows Spidey's true identity. Was that 140 characters? Uh, They upped the limit. Um, I don't know about you guys. I actually remember a lot about this one, uh, mostly through the process of elimination. I think we've all said we remember these episodes a yeah. lot, but uh, now that we've got two out of three done, it's sort of like everything else I remember about these uh, this uh, arc here uh, must therefore be in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if memory serves, Venom's in it. Oh, yeah. And so is Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, it turns out that guy's there. Yep. And so is Jay Jonah. Absolutely. I also remember that Venom definitely has bigger, thicker webs than Peter. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does. Take from yes. that what you will, but like I remember him overpowering Peter's webs. Like it was like they both shoot him, they meet in the middle, and then it's one of those like, uh, nope, and, and Venom's just push past and crush him. It's like it's like when you ha- yeah, it's like it it like yoop, like the Peter's webbing like opens up to receive Brock's webbing. It's not docking. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. I remember the animation very vividly. Um, I remember from this episode, I've said it once before, um, how the tension of Spider-Man when he's, like, unmasked um, or whenever Peter uses his spider powers, like, not as Spider-Man, right. there's always that level of danger. And there's a really intense scene um, that I won't spoil because I assume we'll talk about that happens in this episode regarding that a uh, vulnerability of peter being maskless and it's so well done awesome yeah peter yeah. you got anything you you you, you particularly stand well you know just like you say kevin like the rest of what i remember about this is in the next episode you know like i feel that um probably because of syndication this episode being on so much but 
also because it was actually like it like Venom is such a cool character and it was on so much like just we just remember all of this and as a kid it kind of all blends into into one but yeah I mean I'm sure it'll be the same kind of thing as when I watch it I'll be like I remember that I remember that I remember that you know just needs to just jog your memory well it sounds like we all can't wait and we can't wait to talk to you all again next time but that's it for this one so check out our social horseshit tell your friends rate and review help us reach the five or six other people who would actually find this podcast relevant to their lives so until next time with great pod comes great in sobriety okay Woo. <laughs> this is why i don't do the yep. ends well yeah, well bye everyone that'll do pig bye <laughs> Bye-bye.